Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Um, we're going to do things uh, in a little bit of a different way this morning. I'm going to share in, in a few different sections, and we're going to have some response in between each part. Um, and what I'm going to do today is a summary of numbers. So on the 4th of October, we shifted our focus from gospel encounters, 4th of October 2020, to numbers and making our lives count. And we talked a little bit in sort of introduction, really, about what had happened just prior to numbers, that Moses had gone into Egypt to bring Israel out, that the angel of death had passed over in the final plague with the death of the firstborn, and it was the blood of the lamb that stopped the angel of death from killing the firstborn. The, the Israelites were protected by the blood, and then they, were le they left with riches, great wealth. They came to the edge of the Red Sea. Um, Pharaoh had sent the, the, the slave masters to take them back into captivity. We know the Red Sea parted. They crossed through. The Red Sea crashed over and washed away the, the chariots of the Egyptians. And then God led them with a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke through the wilderness up to Mount Sinai. We've talked how the example that we see in the Old Testament is our example. That the things that happen to those people, are there are our forefathers in the faith. And there are shadows and pictures and, and hidden things there that are now revealed in the new through the new covenant and through the work of Jesus Christ. And so we know that we've been saved from slavery and sin and death and judgment by the blood of the Lamb. We're born again and we've been bestowed with riches, heavenly riches, that God has led us through the waters of baptism so that our enemy is not just cut off but washed away, powerless. And now we're led every day by his wonderful, precious, present Holy Spirit who wants to lead us and guide us. And he does this with us individually, but also wonderfully, he does this for us together. And I want to call this message this morning, Strength in Numbers, because I want us to look back over the last 18 or so messages that we've had over the last seven months and I'm going to just do a brief summary of those things and pull out three key points that we can learn from this wonderful book that we've been in for, for half a year or so. Um, and it's been a little bit ironic that we've studied a book of traveling and wandering during a time of multiple lockdowns. Has anybody noticed the irony? Has anybody felt a little bit of like jealousy of wanderlust for the Israelites? At least they get to travel without borders, and they're kind of all over the place, and we're locked down. And I had a little look on social media at some pictures of people who are just desperate to travel again. Okay, I'm just desperate to sing in church, but these people are desperate to travel again, and there's some pictures here. So there's the first one. I don't know how well you can see this in the room. You want to travel so bad you didn't notice that it was a cake. That's actually a cheesecake that's been sliced open. Who saw a boat first? Yeah. Next one. Check on your friends who are addicted to traveling or have had major travel plans canceled. They are not okay. This woman looks like she's sat by the window of a plane, and in fact, there's a toilet seat by a TV, and she's at home. What I want, maybe what COVID has allowed. Anybody sat by their washing machine just looking into it, thinking it might be an airplane window? No? Is that just me? Just me. <laughs> and then you go look, looking at the map for some weekend travel ideas. Maybe we'll just spend the morning in the kitchen because that's where the sun is, and then we'll move to the lounge in the afternoon. The first, this is the first year I'm not going to Fiji because of COVID-19. Normally, I don't go because I can't afford it. And then some travel codes from 2020, airport codes. 
I had to add the bottom one. That's not Texas, that's TSX, Tesco Express, which have been my, our biggest adventures traveling to our local Tesco Express. But we've said time and again, you know, although we've been locked down, although we've been restricted physically, God is still moving. God is still leading us. And God has been showing us things in this wonderful book of numbers that I would like us to consider together today because God is constantly on the move. His people are constantly on the move. He's always speaking. He's always speaking into our lives, no matter what's going on around us. We've learned that this year, haven't we? Has anybody learned that this year, that in spite of restrictions and challenges, that God is speaking, God is moving, God is in our lives? And so there's three things I want us to look at. Firstly, the plan and the purpose of God for us. That's what we've been learning about. Then I want us to look at the process of purification that takes place in our lives as a result of God working in us. And the last one is God's perfect provision. Those three things, plan and purpose, the process of purification, and God's perfect provision. And so I'm going to remind us of some preachers that we've had. In fact, I'm going to mention everyone by name and every speaker by name because I just believe people have ministered faithfully to us and it's good to honor what they shared. And we're going to spend eight minutes on each message, so it's all good. So it started off early on, and Mike and David talked about the, the censuses at the beginning and the list of jobs and roles, and Mike talked about our special work, that we all have a special role and function in the church. We talk about this all the time, don't we? And then David talked about the census and how every man that was qualified to serve in the military was named and was qualified to serve, and that God knows us by name and we're qualified to serve the the. the, 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 the tragedy and the travesty is that only two of 603 plus thousand men who were qualified to enter the land, only two of them actually did it with the second generation. And, and the warnings that we must learn from that, to be alert, to be confident, to be ourselves, to be flexible, to be missionaries, and many other things that he picked up. And then Phil Chapman talked about being counted in, and he looked at all the offerings, and how every tribe brought exactly the same um, gold and, and silver dishes, the same olive oil and flour, the same animals. The, the rams and the goats and the, the lambs and the bulls, and that they, everybody had to bring something, everybody contributed something. They were all counted in, every tribe from number seven. And Will shared only recently, in fact, the last message that we had from here was about killing baddies and filling boundaries. And as we deal with sin and idolatry and pull down strongholds, God has boundaries for us to take that are for us to fill related to our gift, related to our calling, and, and also tempered by the seasons that we're in. And that in all of the things God has done in our lives, when he saved us, he repurposed us. There are many things we might have been good at before we were saved, but now God has brought them into his plan and his purpose so that we use them to glorify him. I can't wait until everything's restored at the end of time, and all of the things that have been made, all of the wonderful things, all of a sudden, all bring glory to God. But we get to do that in our lives today. It says in Romans 12, verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you, dot, 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 and then Paul lists a whole bunch of different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. If it's prophecy, prophesy with faith. If it's serving, serve well. If it's teaching, teach well. If it's encouraging, guess what? Be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If it's leading, take the responsibility seriously. If it's showing kindness, do it gladly. 
And as I listed some of those things, you might have thought, oh, prophecy, that seems a bit much. But then as, as you start to talk about showing kindness, encouraging, serving, or maybe teaching or leading, all of a sudden you think, oh, that's something that God's given me to do. There's something in that I can relate to. And that we, as we do, we take that responsibility seriously, each one. When I was asked, along with Chris, to, to, to become an elder in the church, I didn't want to do it. And uh, I remember talking to Sarah about it, praying about it, and it was this verse in Romans 12, verse 8, says, if God has given you the gift of leadership, take the responsibility seriously. And that was it. That was the Holy Spirit saying, now do it. And God wants to cause us to do all that he's called us to do. And as we do, we feel so released and blessed. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he prepared and planned for us long ago. Whatever we do, we do it for his glory. If you're arty, be creative for his glory. If you're musical, use that gift for his glory. If you're techy, then be techy for his glory. If you're caring and compassionate, do it for his glory and, and, and love doing it and serving him. If you're sporty, if you're entrepreneurial, whatever it might be. I was reminded of Eric Little. Has anybody seen the film Chariots of Fire? It's kind of, if you grew up in a Christian home as a child, it's kind of like, it's, it's a rite of passage, really. And it's the story of a runner, a sprinter called Eric Little, a born-again Christian. And he said this, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Isn't that beautiful? God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Whatever God has made us, whatever God has made you, do it with all that you have and know that as you do it for his glory, his pleasure is on us. His pleasure is on you. What's in your hand? As things open up again, where are the gifts and the ways that we can serve our, our homes, our cars? All of a thing, sudden, things are opening up for us again. Our table's going to be available for people outside of our bubble soon. I can't wait. Our gardens are already open. Our homes are starting to open up again. The things that we have within us that we start to say, Lord, I'm doing this. You've given me this. I'm going to use it to serve you for your plan and your purpose. So we're going to sing. The band and the musicians are going to sing a song for us. Okay, This is a golden oldie. It's called, I Want to Serve the Purpose of God in My Generation. Does anybody remember this song? I Want to Serve the Purpose of God in My Generation. So feel free to stand or sit. Feel free to not sing along if you're here. Sorry. Um, but really, the important thing is that we respond to the words. And just think about what God has made you good at. The things that you love doing. Will said, the things that you that kind of get you out of bed in the morning. And let's just offer them to him afresh together as we respond in this song. Is that okay? All right, let's go. Amen. Amen. I love that last verse. I want to see the Lord come again in my generation. I want to see the Lord come again while I am alive. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. Isn't it amazing? That's what we invest the things that God has given us into. Please be seated. Lord, we want to serve you with all that you've blessed us with. We thank you. You have a plan and a purpose for each one of us, Lord. And Lord, we say, Lord, whatever you've put in our hand, we'll use it for your glory. Amen. A plan and a purpose. And now a process of purification. This is the more sobering one. <laughs> because, but, but, but it's really important that we understand firstly that if we know God has a plan and a purpose for us, when we go through the process of purification, when we go through times of testing and challenge, it's the plan and the purpose of God that's taken hold of us that keeps us on track, that stops us from giving up or losing hope. Because actually there are times of testing in our lives that are hard, they're difficult, 
Jesus says, in this world, you'll have trouble and trials. I wish, does Tony Ling always used to say, I wish Jesus hadn't said that. <laughs> but I know there have been trials and testing that people have gone through and are going through at this time. And it's not to dismiss any of that, but to know, firstly, God, you've got a plan and a purpose for me that keeps me on track in spite of what's going on around me. And Chris shared about wanderings. And he talked about them wandering through the wilderness. And this was a place of testing and leading. God was shaping their character. And God shapes us as we go through life. And, and there are certain things that can stop us moving forward. Sometimes it's our own choices, ourselves, bad choices. Sometimes sin. Sometimes circumstances come up that stop us. And sometimes God himself stops us from going into something because it's not the right time. But in everything, we keep trusting God. He doesn't want us to be nomads. He wants us to know that we're pilgrims and he's taking us on a journey. And Will talked about that. He talked about living in uncertain times and how uncertain the times were for the Israelites. They had at times no water, no food, but God came through and he provided for them. And it's not for us to grasp or to try and do things in our own strength, but to trust God. And that is so hard at times, isn't it? Because we want to fix things. We want to do it. But they had to trust God and learn to trust God and Christopher came back to this whole thing of who is testing who. <laughs> that, that God, we have to allow God to test us. And we have to be careful that we don't test him. <laughs> and that he uses, as we've already said, circumstances to shape us so that he can fulfill his purposes. And all that he wants from us is to live in a way that pleases him. And then Stephen Russell picked up some stuff around uh, making bad choices, how they are tempted in Numbers 26 to sin, and there's sin in the camp, and how God has to um, warn us about times of danger that we need to be mindful of, and he wants us to be angry with sin and zealous for his reputation. And this is part of God's testing for us. Benj talked about the long way round. And how they went on a long way around, and he described his own experiences with Kim in New Zealand, but he talked about knowing that we've got a guide who's leading us, who knows what's best for us, and is taking us in the right way. And as, as, he, as we rely on him, and as we trust him, that, his, that as we allow him to lead us, that his presence is always with us, and that it will cause us to worship him, and it will cause us to be a witness for him. And Stephen picked up again about this whole thing of staying on track, going the distance, listed in Numbers 33 are all of these locations they camped at. And he said some of them are only mentioned in this one chapter. So they were probably places of of great normality and just mundane. But God is with us in the difficult times, the mundane times, and the good times. But just to know that he's with us, to trust him in the process that he's taking us through. In Hebrews 12, it talks about godly discipline, about God training us as his children, and actually his discipline being an evidence of his love for us. As a parent, as any parent in this room, I mean, I know, I know we're all parents in this room, otherwise you wouldn't be allowed in this room. Have we exercised discipline? Do we seek to train our children? Is that because we are puppet masters? Or is it because we love them and we want the best for them? And some situations and circumstances that we allow our children to go through, they would rather not go through, but it's for their benefit. And we can see beyond whether it's learning an instrument, whether it's going to a club, whether it's actually going to school, whether it's being put in a certain situation, we know what's best for them. And they might not want to be there, but we know if you go through this, you'll come out the other end stronger for it, better for it. This will be good for you. How much more so, God? Though sometimes we don't understand why we're going through certain things. 
And I know that there have been very difficult times that people have experienced. There have been redundancies. There has been bereavement. There's been um, sickness and, and challenges with health. There's been isolation. At times there's been boredom. Other times great pressure and, 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 and a desperation to have some isolation and some, some peace. And a whole raft of different things that have been going on in the life of this church and beyond. And just for us in those times to, to say, God, I don't know why this is happening, but, I, but first and foremost, I'm just going to say this. I trust you. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you you have a plan and a purpose for me. You're not done with me yet. And Lord, I'm asking that you help me through this time, that you shape me and you mold me and you prepare me and that you prune me and that you, you, you at times put pressure on me. The times when I've learned the most have been the, the most difficult times in my life. We've, um, we've, we've done a lot in the garden over the last year. And when I say we, because I'm married to Sarah and we're one, we. I, actually, I can say I, can't I? And, you know, you learn a lot, and, and, and we know this, that pruning and pressure, exposure, are things that help plants grow strong. And there's a wisdom to how much a plant can take, how much it needs to be pruned, how much pressure it's allowed to endure, but for a plant to grow, it needs to be pruned so that fresh life can come where other stuff needs to be cut away, it needs to be leaner. And then at sometimes the, the plant has to be caused to lean so that it can put, puts its roots down even more and breaks microphones. But then in all of it, it's to cause the plant to be stronger and fresh and for us to see that God is constantly working in our lives. There are some things that he's cut away from us so that newness can spring forth. There's some things where he's put us under pressure so that we've pushed our roots down so that we're stronger for what comes next. And in it all, he's with us. And my prayer is that we know that he's with us. That's my primary prayer, that you know the presence of God in the times of testing, in the times of hardship, in the times of trouble, in the times of challenge. And actually, I think one of the biggest dangers to us as Christians in the West isn't discomfort. It's comfort. And this next song that I'm going to ask us to respond to now is, is just to, in the way that we've already said, Lord, what I have, what you've given me, I'm committing to you, is also to say, and Lord, in this time that I'm in, and I know there's a huge range of people in this room even, let alone those who are at home, of what we're experiencing at this time, that we just say, Lord, shape me, mold me, do your work in me. It's a song that we're familiar with, this potter's hand. But I just think the words of this song are really helpful right now for us to hold everything before him and say, Lord, have your way. So if you want to stand, stand. If you want to stay seated, that's fine. I'd encourage you to, if you're at home, maybe just listen to the words initially. If you're in this room, by the way, and you, you're not sure of the words, the words are behind you. And feel free to turn around and look at the words if you'd like to, to do that because they're not on the screen here. But Holy Spirit, I pray now as this song is sung, the Lord, you'd strengthen every heart. The Lord, you'd minister to every person, every situation right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful, that we can trust you, Lord, with our lives. We can trust you, Lord, with our families. We can trust you, Lord, in everything, with everything. We trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're so loving, you're so good. You're so faithful that you know the beginning and the end. And therefore, Lord, in today we trust you. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, I pray you'd minister to people that are facing difficult times right now. And Lord, I thank you for new opportunities as well that have sprung up in this last year. And Lord, I pray that we would just know your providence, your care leading us every day. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to work and to minister. And we're going to talk now about perfect provision. And it would be premature to start with this because I believe when we know the plan and the purpose God has for us, and as we allow him to work the process of purification in us, then, our, then what we want to know as provision becomes much more in line with what he wants for us to have rather than what we think we need to have. God's provision is defined by his plan and his purpose and refined by the process of purification. Defined by his plan and purpose and refined by the process of purification. So that now when I'm asking for something, I'm asking with a need that's in line with what he's purposed me for. And when I'm asking for something, I'm asking in line with whatever it is that's directed my desires in line with his will. Does that make sense? And that's why I've said perfect provision and not even plentiful provision if I really wanted to be alliterative because it's about the perfect provision being, God, this is what I need because this is what you want. And we saw this often in, in the messages that, that were shared over the last seven months. I talked about the priestly blessing with the shin sign. The Lord bless you and keep you and smile on you and be gracious to you and show you his favor and give you his peace. The blessing, the power of this blessing that we can speak over one another. Deborah talked about the resource of the rock of life that was in Numbers 20 that followed them through the wilderness that was Christ, the resurrected Christ. And from him is abundant life, water in the wilderness. And that he wants to fill us with his life, his fresh and living water that comes from him. And he wants us to be rooted on him. So that she brought this prophetic word about swirling waters and us being secure and people being thrown around by the waters and us being able to reach a hand out to pull them to safety because we are on the rock. That's his provision for us. Phil Chapman talked about Moses getting up to the top of Mount Nebo and looking across the promised land and finally seeing the fulfillment of God's promise. And there are times when we get caught up in the day-to-day and the nitty-gritty and sometimes we just need to get up to see things from God's perspective and to see his promises, to see his provision for us. And it changes us as we do that. And then Sharon shared about generation faith, the daughters of Zelophehad in Numbers 27 and in Numbers 31, these young women who were absolutely convinced that what God had said he would do, he would do. They were so sure they'd get into the land. They were so sure they'd receive their inheritance in the land that they did all that they could beforehand to say, we want to make sure it's ours, that nothing is lost. And there were to be a generation of faith taking hold of the promises of God now, today, and living in line with that. Jesus says, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of you will flow rivers of living water. Ephesians 3.20, Paul says, I pray you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Why do we want provision? 
Why do I want this item? Why do I want this finance? Why do I want this job? Why do I want this responsibility? Why do I want this role? Why do I want to live here? Those are really important questions for us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and 11 says, God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over so you can buy more stuff. No, plenty left over so you can share with others. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be selfish and keep it to yourself and live in an ivory tower. No, so you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they'll say, what a great church they are. Aren't they really generous? No, he says, they will thank God. Our generosity will bring about the honoring of God. That we never seek power for power's sake. What a powerful church, Living Rock Church, really is. All the amazing things that happen there, and it's a great place to be. What a great... No, Jesus is glorified in this place, and his power is seen in our gatherings. The church is growing. Oh, I tell you what, that Living Rock Church is getting really big. Those leaders must be really good. Not for our reputation at all. It's because there's a lost world out there that needs saving from hell. And Jesus has a glorious inheritance that we get to, to, to bring in for him, to present it to him so that he's glorified and then he presents it to the Father. Amen. That's why we want growth. That's why we want to move in power. Amen. Never wealth and blessing for our own comfort, but it's so that we can be generous on every occasion. Amen. And never wealth or comfort at the expense of power. I think that's the challenge sometimes. I wonder if Peter and John had had some silver and gold on them in Acts 3 when they were walking to the beautiful gate, what might have happened? Have you got any money? Yeah, actually. Here you go. We're off to pray. We haven't got any money, but what we do have, we'll give you. Get up. Power. That, Lord, your provision for us always is to bring glory to your name. That whatever we have, whatever success we might enjoy, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our homes and our families, whether it's in our communities, whether it's in the life of this church, that it's for your kingdom, for your glory, and Jesus, for your name. Hallelujah, 10,000 praises to Jesus. So we're going to sing a song about the promises of God, and I'm going to share very briefly after this one song, as we finish with our final song together. And so I'm going to ask the musicians to come and sing Promises by probably one of the most up-and-coming Christian influences at the moment, Maverick City, who are fantastic. You've got so much to bless us with. But we're going to listen and we're going to sing this song. If you know it, then if you're at home, you can feel free to join in. Again, the words are at the back if you're in the hall here and you just like to see what's being sung. But Lord, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for your promises. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Faithful Lord. You are faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Faithful and true. Faithful and true, Lord. Hallelujah. No, God has a plan and a purpose for us that's unchanging. He's taking us through a process of purification. There's perfect provision for us in every situation. And all of it is for his glory. He's faithful. I hope that this morning's just been an encouraging word for us all. Because as I was pray- as I've been praying for the church and praying for what happens next. There's still uncertainty about certain things and certain plans and the timescales and all of those things. But whatever happens in, in, in the world, as it were, that the church moves forward together in strength. And I could just see us all, shoulder to shoulder, 
moving forward together in strength. That strength in number, that all of us are together. Not some marching, some running, some crawling, some standing, but together, shoulder to shoulder, moving forward. I read this quote that Ovi uh, Vlaikow put up. He says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. God wants us to run a long way together. The last song that we're going to sing is, is a much more familiar song. But we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So let's strip off everything that slows us down, especially the weight that trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God sets before us. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy waiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Hallelujah. And then it finishes later on in verse 12. It says, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Hallelujah. Strength in numbers, moving forward in strength. God is good. We're going to end the meeting with this song. Be really blessed as you go. Be really blessed at home. And we're going to give glory to Jesus together. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.